0: Welcome to Business Talk Sister Gawk. I'm Becca. And I'm Ruthie. And today's episode title is How to Self-Publish Through Kindle Direct Publishing. Now, a few months back, we did a series, episodes 56, 57, and 58, uh, on authorship. And we had a super fun time interviewing some really great people and we wanted to take some of their advice and and check it out for ourselves. And then also too, we didn't really get into the whole Kindle, Amazon publishing aspect in those episodes with them. So we wanted to give you a little bit more detail on what that would look like if you're interested in doing it, because it is probably one of the lowest um, time commitments out of all the other platform ways that you can get into doing stuff. Okay,
1: let's start from the beginning. How do you make sure that your book is worth writing?
0: Well, a really good place to find advice on whether or not your book is worth um, promoting and supporting and getting out there is actually this Facebook group called Gorilla publishing, um, mm. book marketing support, <laughs> and feedback for authors. and the mouth mouthful. So yeah.
1: <laughs> gorilla publishing, book marketing support, and feedback for authors. Yeah. So
0: the admin <laughs> is Derek Murphy. And I actually have really liked a lot of the stuff. There's there's a, a bunch of units that he has out that um, you can go there and just watch these different videos. And that's actually one of the places that I first started just because I was like, okay, let me just consume a little bit of the industry information on self-publishing what and this guy's been doing it for a really long time and the nice thing I like about him is he's not salesy right he's kind of just like if you want the information it's here and and the reality is that a lot of the stuff he even has a pdf that literally walks you through like step one do this and but before he gets to that there's a ton of stuff in the front of that book or the pdf that's on there and And he even has videos on this as well. And he tries to just really get this across. Not everyone wants to read the story idea you have. (laughs) And he really kind of just goes into is it worth writing? Is it in a genre where there's like other books that are similar? All that kind of stuff. Because so many times people get really wrapped up in whether or not they're going to have a good book because they're like, oh, well, this is my baby and it's good regardless of anyone, if anyone thinks it is or not, but that's not the case. Right. Um, and so he does a really good job of walking you through how to look at other genre books and see if like you fit in that. And is, is it truly something that's going to be received well within that genre and it'll match style and everything. Right. Um, so I think he does a really good job at helping people through that. Okay. What was the next step for you? Okay. So you have to write your story, right? Okay, Really? Fascinating. Okay. But (laughs) with what we've talked about with other authors too, they're just like, you have to get it out there. And, Mm -hmm. And if you're not a super driven person, we've heard tons of recommendations from a lot of people on saying writers groups are really great. And joining a community like that is really like a facebook community and saying hey this is the genre i'm in is anyone interested in doing a writing swap where we'll trade books or whatever or finding a local writers group too because just like uh, matthew w quinn noted for his writing group he was required to have a new chapter done like every time he came to a group and that's episode 58 um book promotion how
1: to get in front of your readers
0: Thank you for that
1: little little promo. I made it into a tune.
0: Yeah, okay. So that's important to get all of your words out, right? And then afterwards, you're going to have people look through it, or maybe you give them a chapter at a time and they can tell you what is wrong with your writing. And that's where you're going to revise and read again and and you need to keep revising. And sometimes it's really it's helpful if you're a, almost shy enough that you don't even want to tell anyone that you wrote a book is to just put it down for a few months or even a few years and then come back to it and read it again and see if it truly holds your interest. Mm. And if it does, um okay, what are things that you've learned? And and I know like a long time ago I wrote a book for Ruthie and my sister Rachel and they just kept being like you need to finish that book like and they would just they would hound me it was the
1: cutest thing ever because she would read it to us at night well first we read through like she would read to us all the time and then she was like I'm gonna just start writing my own book and then she would read to us a chapter at a time and then just left us on, t- on this major cliffhanger for years like <laughs> literally years
0: because <laughs> I didn't have time to write anymore yeah. well and then one day I actually ended up picking I was so bored stuck in the Atlanta airport that I found it in my files and decided to read it again mm-hmm. and so that one was like wow I actually like this story it's it needs to be finished so then I decided to sit down and finish the rest of it. Now, it's still not done for the record. Hmm. It it was done enough to send to my, one of my sisters to be like, okay, you got to read it again and see what you think of it. But I definitely think there needs to be way more character development because when I first initially wrote it, you can tell like – It was very immature. You
1: you were like 16 or something.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And now I'm like, okay, it's been enough time where I probably could add a little bit more wisdom into the character development of like, and now I'm not a horrible person anymore (laughs) as the main character. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. So anyways, that's a side note. It's good to sit with it for a while, have feedback from other people. And really, really, it's really important to have grammatical reviews. And um, people can say, oh, by the way, like I noticed you said this a lot. I would avoid saying that all the time. Use some different words. Hmm. So tell me about formatting your book. Okay, so I think that when you format, there's some really good resources. Um, this is actually another site that Derek Murphy has, so that's how I kind of found it. But I really like DIYbookcovers.com. They have six print and ebook templates. Um, so basically what I did is I just used the Microsoft Word template that he has because he has like six different ones for free. You Just download the whole zip file. And then you can drop all of your content in it to make sure that it looks consistent. And the nice thing that it's, done, it's pre-formatted so that um, all of the the words are moved a little bit more to the right or to the left based on the page. Hmm. Um, and And what I mean by that is it's really important to make sure that you have clearance for binding if you're going to get something published and um, you don't really think about that in your writing process because you're just like, I just got to get this out. But once you actually are moving it to print, if your words are so close to the edge that they bind the book and people can't read them and they're stuck together, (laughs) that's a problem. That's bad news. (laughs) Yeah, so I really like that one. Um, It was super helpful because um, he also has like different fonts in there, and then that's a big thing too that you have to think about is every genre almost has like a a list of fonts that complement that genre. So that Mm. when people look at it, they look at the fonts and they go, oh yeah, this is something that I normally read. Mm. And some of those actually do cost money. So um, figure out if that's something you want to do. If you don't, kind of just go for what's the closest and free, either in Microsoft Word or wherever you're pulling your fonts through. Um, Because sometimes those fonts don't translate to like the Kindle Direct Publishing so you just need to be careful of that. And and when you're designing your cover, that's a really big thing you need to think about. Your internal header fonts need to match the fonts that are on the cover of your book.
1: Ooh, that's a good tip. Yeah. I wouldn't have thought of that.
0: <laughs> right? Because, yeah, when you open up a book and you look at the inside, it needs to match. So it's the same feel and experience, right? And, and this is the same thing that a lot of... Um, people in theater talk about or movie production you're trying to create the suspension of disbelief so that people can get into the story what does that mean they take um they take their beliefs of what is true and what is real in life and they set them aside they suspend them to enjoy to allow like they they take out their disbelief so that they can believe your story is true and they get into the world that you've created right? And font size evidently helps with that. Yeah, it does. (laughs) (laughs) Minimize distraction to create that experience, right? Mm. Okay, so um, the next thing that it's important to do, and I would recommend doing this before you um, go through the process of then submitting it or transitioning it into a Kindle Direct Publishing File or EPUB, which Kindle has its own software to help you move it into epub you just literally upload like your microsoft word document or like you maybe you save it as a pdf and then send it in there uh but before you do that you should go to the copyright office or with the library of congress which the the website for that is eco.copyright.gov and the important thing there that I want you to think about is, you, first of all, you need to create an account. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then when you go in there, uh, you should send in your um, manuscript before you publish it. Because if you, already, if you try to get a copyright on something after it's already published, you have to actually send in a physical book. Like they require it. But if it's before it's published, you can send them a, a PDF document. Hmm. So that's really really good tip to save some money and so when you file your copyright you send it in and you can also um if it's the same file format so say you're like copywriting a bunch of images or um a bunch of different books at the same time if you create a series and you want to copyright all of them at the same time that actually might be a good idea to save money because i think you can like upload like up to 15 of the same kind of document in one copyright go through Mm. um So that's really nice and you can do it under your pen name or you can do it with your real name, whatever, Um, but the fee for that is $95. So if you're going to do like a business book or anything like that, um, you just need to make sure that throughout your content, you've just cited the sources and put them in the footnotes and that shouldn't be a problem. They're not going to be like, oh, you can't copyright this snippet from another author. So when you are going through and submitting your copyright, do you also submit your cover art at the same time? No, so that you can do, you can't do different file formats in the copyright filing. Mm. Um, So if you wanted to copyright your book cover, you'd have to do a different copyright. Um, And that one you would do under like the arts section, it wouldn't be like a manuscript. Okay. So you just have to look at the different um, filing codes or like the different sections to make sure you're filing the right information. Yeah, so once you get the copyright done, then you're pretty comfortable that you are protecting your work, right? From there, uh, you want to register your ISBN. And the, you can get one through Amazon on the EPUB. So like, say you upload your work through the e-publishing software, which you'll have to download from Amazon in the Kindle Direct Publishing section. So you create an account there, go in, and they'll show you like where you can download that stuff and transfer your file into this um, e-publishing book file. And I believe that one is, is still editable. So like if you need to change anything, you can, but you already just filed your copyright, so just be aware of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so make sure you're really, really ready before you file your copyright. Mm-hmm. And then um, when you get your ISBN, so here's the thing about ISBNs. They actually are just numbers that the Library of Congress uses to track book sales. Mm-hmm. So, and they want to differentiate those book sales by format. So, you need one for your ebook, you need one for your paperback, and you need one for your hardcover. If you're going to have those three options, they should have their own ISBNs. Okay, so you actually can get one through Amazon if you want to. But here's the trick, right? If you go and file your own ISBN through, um, it's called Bowker, which is really confusing. Like why, they must subcontract with the government to do this. But it's spelled B-O-W-K-E-R at myidentifiers.com. It's actually the USA uh official isbn agency that um accredits like gets you your stuff what a
1: stupid name i know
0: it's <laughs> like so confusing and it's like i don't know maybe they've just been doing it for a really long time mm. but anyway, so through them usually it's important to get more than one isbn so they usually do them in packs of 10 i think you can get one by itself but it costs like 50 dollars but if you get 10 it's like 100 bucks
1: what does that mean why would you have 10 different formats of your book that you'd use the ISBN
0: for? No, it's just like a bulk deal. So like if you're going to do a series, you would want those anyways. So you just basically get the number and then you can assign it to your book later on. hmm Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And but the trick is like Amazon will give you an ISBN. They'll be like, oh, we'll go file this on your behalf. Which is okay, except for for the lifetime of your book, you will get less royalties because Amazon is taking more of a cut from your book. What? Yeah. 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 I think it's like a 30, so through like the Amazon one, you if they file your ISBN for you on your behalf, um, and this also might play into whether or not you've registered your copyright with the Library of Congress, like they'll ask you like, do you have a copyright on this? Um if you don't have those things and Amazon's like okay we're going to put this out you only get a 30% royalty. What Where, happens if you do it by yourself? Whereas if you do it by yourself uh it's like 70%. Yikes. So, wow, Amazon jerks and that's why they've (laughs) they've like made money on the Mm. self-publishing right because people don't want to go through the technical work of that and if you're fine with that you're like whatever I just want to get my work out there and I'm not really like focused on making a bunch of money but it's more just for me to like get a whole bunch of really cheap author copies so that I can use them for whatever purposes so like um, I know people that do that for they create a textbook that they want to teach their kids and it's just way cheaper for them to publish it as a textbook and then get a whole bunch of author copies and use it for a class and then when kids are done with it they can take it home or they can trash it whatever but then like if it's a workbook right um it's way cheaper Hmm. than if you were to um buy somebody else's wow okay so some people just do it for the the fact that kindle direct publishing does print on demand and you can get really cheap author copies Hmm. so um really so that depends. would be really good for teachers like even in the public school system you think yeah as long as it's their work and they're not like plagiarizing it or something hmm, right yeah. so anyways i mean i really do appreciate the fact that it is so cheap to print copies i think like a when i was looking at it um it depends on the book binding size you want right and how many pages and everything are in it but if you um i suppose i should give you a little bit of an example of this Um, so like a six by nine or like that's what most books are or like depending on the genre though if you're doing a textbook it could be like way bigger in terms of size that's going to cost more money obviously right because it's more word or more paper bigger size and if you're doing a paperback versus like hardcover there's going to be a price difference and and that's because it costs more money to do those things um, for the materials so I didn't mention this and I wanted to go back to it that If you do a new edition of your book, so like say you put out a book and then 20 years later you do a bunch more research and you want to put it in there and you put out a new edition, you have to get a new ISBN for that Mm -hmm. because that's a second edition, okay? And so, um, but that just helps people, especially in like the educational system. Like if you come out with new research or like science has improved and there's so many more things, um, you want the most recent edition because that's the most recent knowledge that teachers are going to be teaching off of. Okay,
1: so how do you go about promoting your book through uh, KDP?
0: Did you say KDP? Yeah, <laughs> so KDP is actually like, it's, it's literally K- like KDP.com. Yeah. Yeah. So um, when you go in there, oh, I, I didn't mention this, and I'm going to talk about, so the promotion part, right? You have to have, um, when you up, upload your artwork. So I've used Canva before, and that's been really helpful um, but the thing that I will say that I think is really important to think about is that the actual size of your binding, depending on like how many pages you have in there, there's actually like, okay, this is how many pixels approximately you will need for your binding itself. Hmm. Because when you go to print it, if your binding is like way larger for the side of your book, your, um, ink cutout basically for where your binding is supposed to be will then bleed into the main page of the book mm. and that that's something that you have to think through because that edge is bigger or smaller depending on how many pages are in the book mm. and there's actually a couple different places that will help you calculate that and just kind of give you a baseline of um what that looks like i just kind of googled it so if you're just like pixel to page r- size ratio for book cover you'll be able to find a couple different things and we'll throw a resource in the blog that people can access if they want that yeah so basically like every 90 days um so once you upload that stuff and by the way like i Probably des- designed and redesigned my book cover like multiple times, and then she I kept s- sending it to our family group chat. <laughs> <They're> like, what <laughs> do you think it is you And then, and then I tried to get it again and, again and again. So, and then I like after I was like, okay, I feel good about this, and I was like, this is amazing. Like, I would totally buy this. I'm so pumped. And then I was like, actually, this is not my target market though. Like, I'm not my target market, so why would I buy this book? <laughs> mm-hmm. So then I had to go find people in my target market, and I said, what do you think of this book what book cover? And then people were like, no. That's too. I it's confusing. I can't read it or whatever. It just doesn't really stand out to me. So then I I literally was like, okay, now I had to redo the whole thing, and I thought it was ugly, and I'm like, oh man, this looks horrible. And then I sent it to like the people in my target market, and they're like, oh yeah, I'd buy that. I'm like mm-hmm. seriously. <laughs> so, anyways, um, getting that stuff figured out and re- really doing your book cover to meet the audience that you actually want to read it, right? Because, and really look at other people's book covers. And that that kind of was something that Cedar Sanderson talked about in her episode, um, which is episode 57. So you should check that out. Um, that you really more, it's a fine line of meeting what's similar to the genre. And then from there, um, making it your own spin. Mm. So when you're in KDP, you've gotten everything up. You have an ebook out. You ha- you can connect your ebook to your print book. Um, you can actually use Amazon's giveaway feature. Uh, so there's like a you can do every 90 days you can run a free promotion where people can download it, um, the ebook file, and that's gonna help you get like reviews of your book and stuff. I really like what J.M. Palmer said about using a, a lead magnet and really putting up um, a lot of stuff before you even release your book. So that was in episode 56. And that'll help you grow your readership as well if you have like that newsletter to be able to put a free promotion out or whatever. And that's not going to give you sales, Right but it will give you more downloads and it can push um the kindle algorithm to say oh this is something people are really interested in and the more reviews you have like authentic reviews of your book the more people um will be exposed to your book so um and then Always be networking with others in your genre to see if they could cross promote your book with you. I've seen a lot of people do that where um, when they're done with their book, they're like, hey, I saw that you put out a book. Um, can we, I'll post about your book on my page and you post about my book on your page. And so you can do that for one another. Um, and then you should, if you want to really promote your book, you should have like an author's page um, to promote it with, or like a, if it's under your business, you should have a business page to promote it on um tell me about the costs of using kdp yeah so kdp is free like i said so amazon is around 60 to 70 percent royalty um or 35 percent if you use your own isbn number um if you buy author copies um for like a i think around a six by nine it was like three dollars per book but -hmm. you have to pay the shipping unless you are doing it through like an Amazon Prime account, I think you might be able to get them for free. So uh, just keep that in mind, but that's actually a pretty low cost. Um, if you're really into selling your own copies and you really want that high touch point thing, what I would recommend is bumping your um, physical book price on Amazon. And then if you're going to sell them on your own website, then you have like a cheaper price on your website. Or like if you're going to sell them at shows or whatever, you could say, well, you can buy it online, but if you buy it today, um, you can get it for this price. So, which then you can still like make a decent margin for selling a book, right? Okay, so, um, but just keep in mind too, that if Amazon sells it um, and you're selling on your website, it's going to be more expensive for you to ship them for Amazon. So the cost portion, uh, the breakdown of that, $95 to copyright. If you want to pay a designer and you're not going to use Canva and do it yourself or whatever, um, probably budget for like a good design is probably going to be around $250. That's what I've seen for a lot of people. And and I would be really like wise about who you ask to design your book cover um, because especially when you're like, this is my genre and this is my target market, um, find somebody who has done a lot of those because they'll be able to Kind of get you into that similar style. So in other words, don't just ask a buddy who happens to be
1: good at like graphic I mean, design. And I just wouldn't say hey, you shouldn't do whip it.
0: this together for me, having but no experience. I wouldn't say you shouldn't do it, but just know that if they're going to be a little bit more experienced to making sure that it's going to fit on the page right. And if you do it yourself, it's okay, but just make sure that you take the time to really get it in alignment with what Amazon says. I probably re-uploaded my file. Um, like five or six times at least before I was like, okay, now I'm ready to like buy copies and have them sent to me. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm going to keep moving with the cost though. So $295 for 10 ISBNs or you can pay $125 for one. So at the bare minimum, oh yeah. And then if you're like, oh, I'm going to do this on my own and I'm not going to use KDP, but I want to like get the file out there and then I'm going to use a different service, um, to eat to publish and do print on demand copies you can get barcodes so don't don't give into this oh I gotta get a ISBN here and then I have to buy a barcode you can get barcodes for free at barcodesinc.com and then so bare minimum costs bare minimum is like 220 dollars for like getting your book from writing the whole thing you've edited people are helping you for free and then you upload it and you buy your own copies okay 223 because maybe plus shipping because <laughs> you want to send yourself your own three dollars is really going to break the bank yeah so but if you just want to like copyright it and save it for later copyright, as we learned from our episode what is intellectual property number 55 is that it will last for your whole lifetime i think plus 75 years so, um, one caveat I had for you was actually make your book worth reading. Don't be scammy, and take the time to make it a great product. I hate when people write really quick eBooks and they're like, "Oh, this is amazing content," and then when you actually read it and you paid like f- to read it, it's a bunch of fluff. And I just want
1: to say one thing here. Some people will create a, a decent quality ebook and then they push it out in an email blast and misspell something in the email blast. And every time I'm like, you might have a really good quality ebook, but just the fact that you misspelled things in the subject line, I'm like, you know what? I'm not reading your ebook. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, okay. so keep that in mind.
0: Ruthie also is good at helping me find my typos. <laughs> so she. But I haven't done that, so <laughs> in this instance. Okay, so we're going to transition to the gawk portion of our episode today, and Ruthie is Ruthie's going to tell us a story. This is
1: something that happened very recently. Um, we are at our cabin right
0: now recording,
1: Becca and I, and... Um, she and I were walking like on the the walls of the cabin are kind of wooded. And she goes, What is this? And swipes her finger. She's like, Is this Vaseline? And I was like, No. Last time Aaron when Aaron and I were up here, we like he I was working and he was bored. So then he went around culking like everything possible. And then but it wasn't culk. It was a tube of grease (laughs) 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 and so he literally on all of the wood in the entire entryway of our cabin he like caulked the edging of everything and then it was started like seeping into the wood like think of like if you had oil and then poured it on a bunch of wood that's what it's starting to look like (laughs) like because there's all this grease on it like Uh... are you joking oh my word and so then I'm going around with this knife like scraping off all of this grease everywhere and then (laughs) Becca was like well He's nothing if not thorough.
0: (laughs) I just find it so funny because, I mean, he started in the bathroom. He ran out of caulk and then decided that he was going to use a clear tube and get everything else. Except for when he replaced the tube, he didn't read the label.
1: (laughs) So literally went ham, went all over the house. And now we are reaping the benefits of his hard work.
0: But you know what? He doesn't know. He still doesn't know because he's at boot camp.
1: <laughs> yeah. And so I'm going to write him a letter and chew him out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, you're not.
1: I thought about it. Just
0: uh, write him a letter and be like, guess what we did together.
1: <laughs> after about the first half hour of trying to clean everything out, I thought about writing a very strongly worded letter to him read the label (laughs) grief
0: okay well thanks for joining us this week we hope you learned something if you enjoyed this episode you should give us a review on apple podcasts and we'll see you next week